0: Welcome to Dan Malloy's Personal Power Podcast. Get ready to up your communication and commitment game. Hear from those who have succeeded using Dan's program. And now, here's Dan Malloy.
1: Good afternoon. Uncle Dan here. I'm thrilled to be back here today. Really excited to, uh, in, a, in a little while, in a few short minutes, we're going to be speaking with a, a good friend of mine I've known for about Going on 15 years, uh, Mr. Tim Young. Tim is the, the, um, uh, the chief operating officer for USA Triathlon. And I understand through the grapevine, he has a new position, which I'm sure he'll, he'll tell us about. And uh, anyway, about triathlon, it's been such an important sport for me, a really important thing for me in my life. Um, because, A, I, I did my first triathlon and I fell in love with the sport and then because of USAT, they had this wonderful, wonderful program called Team USA where age group athletes like myself could strive and work your butt off to try and qualify. And then once you do qualify, you get to put on the Team USA colors and represent the United States in world championship competition. And it was something – as an aging athlete that I had set my sights on and worked my butt off to accomplish. And along the way, I learned so much about myself. I learned that with dedication you could achieve something and that that human beings are much, can, can accomplish much more than they think they might be able to accomplish when they set their mind to it, you know, so. And the whole thing fits right in with what I do in my personal life, in my business life, in my, my uh, training program, the language of commitment that I teach. Uh, and I've got clients all over the country that we teach it to. And really what it's about, it's all about being able to accomplish and to achieve what you want to you set out to achieve and, 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 and more specifically about the conversations, the language The conversations that we have running around in our heads that may hold us back, or or another conversation that you may have about the future—you know, where where you can invent something—and I can remember when I did after I did my first triathlon. This is going on 15 years ago. I um, I went to my coach. I had a triathlon coach, and I said, Mike, I want to make Team USA. And he said, let's do it, just like that. And I said, "Uh oh what have I done now? You know, I I didn't know what I was in for. But I worked my ass off. The first year I failed. The second year I failed. The third year I failed. And finally, in the fourth try, I was able to accomplish it. And that set off this whole wonderful, wonderful trip. That's where I met Tim and got to travel around the world doing uh, uh, events as a member of Team USA and – Really, it, it you know for 13 years, I competed every year, and uh, it, it was a great, great, great uh, journey, and I retired from that two years ago. I may be back, but we'll see. But in a minute, I'm going to take a short break right now, and then we're going to get into it with Mr. Tim Young. Stay tuned, folks.
0: Malloy Sales Development turns companies into commitment-based operations and their employees into commitment-based people because commitment for human beings is the foundation for everything. And in business, it's mission critical. Because the only time commerce happens in any company is when commitments are exchanged internally, among employees, and externally with customers and vendors. Visit us at www.malloysales.com.
1: Good afternoon. I'm back, and I'm thrilled to be here with Mr. Tim Yount. How are you, buddy?
2: Oh, Mr. Dan, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, in these crazy times, I... I'm I'm surviving. I I hope uh, hope the same can be said about you.
1: Yeah, we're we're making our way for sure, and we're trying to figure it out <laughs> figure it out as we go. It's not not too much solid out there anymore. You know, the future doesn't look like it once did, or what we thought it was going to be. I mean, it's, everything's changed. But I'm so glad, really thrilled to hear your voice. I, I was thinking on the drive up here to the studio that the last time I saw you was on the beach in Cleveland, of Lake Erie, at the start of last year's national championships. It was in Cleveland last year, was it?
2: It was. Yeah, where, where you so admirably uh, did the national anthem, which uh, you're, you're still my favorite. You know that, right?
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's the right thing to say at this moment in time anyway. Uh, well, you know, it's, it, it's interesting for me. That event, I'll never forget because the truth— I woke up in the morning, and you know, to sing the national anthem at that hour is a challenge. Number one, because your voice isn't warmed up. But number two, I had no voice. I woke up and I said, ah, "This isn't going to be good." And I, was, <laughs> I oh, I'm serious. I was trying. I was warming up on the on the ride over to the, to the venue down by the lake, and uh, I was standing off in the on the side up by the woods, if you remember that setting. And and I'm trying to I'm proud. I'm trying to warm up, and finally, I just. I gave it up to my father. I, when, I, when I sing the national anthem, I get, it's the time I connect with my dad. He was a fierce patriot, a WW2 vet. Hmm. And I know he's with me when I do that. So I gave it. I said, I said Pop, I need your help. <laughs> I, had nothing, I had literally had nothing. And then so I get up to, and you hand me the microphone and then I did it. It, came, it worked out And afterwards. <laughs> it was like a miracle, a minor miracle. Yeah, yeah. It really was. So tell me what's... You know, and what
2: makes it really, really hard too, and I know you're you're obviously an expert, but for a lot of the novice singers that do come and sing a national anthem, is there's a second half delay from the moment you speak into a mic because of where the speakers and the the main system is positioned to when you, you actually hear it. So if you don't have earplugs or if you aren't in tune with your voice in that delay... You won't sing it successfully.
1: No, it will mess you up. Yeah, it will. will.
2: But you were great. You you said, "I've done this enough times, Tim. That doesn't bother me." Um, But but it does bother a lot of people. So anyway, you never told me that story before about Cleveland. That's the first I've heard of that.
1: Yeah. No, it was it was a touch and go. (laughs) But I offered it up. I just look at it. It's showbiz. It's time. You know, I committed to doing this. It's going to happen, and whatever it is, it is. You know, so tell me, tell me, please. This is about you. This is for the next twenty minutes or so. It's about you. It's about USA Triathlon. What is going on? What? Are, how are you adapting to all the change? You know, Dan, it's it's
2: uh, it's really been amazing. Uh, I as somebody asked me the other day, are you at home? Or are you? At, at your office? And I said, no, I'm still at home. It's been an option for us to work from home. Um, and, and I said, it's been uh, over six months. I'm like, half a year I've been working from my home, which I used to never, ever touch my home because home is where I spend time with my kid and, and my wife and, and do all those things. But I have created a nice little work environment here. The the, the world of, that we live in now is so different. Um, I can remember exactly where I was when I Heard about these cancellations, the first cancellations that truly impacted what we do in triathlon. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's changed, it'll change us forever, and it certainly changes that particular point in time. Um, but we move fast, and I don't want to get ahead of any questions that you may have, Dan, on this. But um, our, our CEO, uh, Rocky Harris, is very savvy, uh, comes from a multitude of backgrounds and experience where. You, you have to move quickly, and when you move quickly, you do it intelligently, and you do it strategically, and you do it with, with the right t- tactics in mind. And so we pulled together a working group, and we had, in a matter of a couple of days, um, a priority plan. I just pulled it out before um, our, our interview here. It's about 18 pages, and it set the priority for exactly what we were going to do as a, as a company and on behalf of all the constituencies that we represent. And, and we moved on it quickly and we just kind of built on from there. Well, it's
1: very interesting, you know, because Tim, I, I looked at it and I said, at, at first, you, you, you can get like, uh oh, what's going to happen? You know, you, you, you realize that the world is not going to be the same. Something's happening here. And I, I've trained myself for over the years to ask this one question what's the opportunity? What's the opportunity? You know, and for, I, for my own business, what I decided to do was to expand. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to expand, and so that's why I started doing podcasts, and else. Yeah. a lot more webinars, and, and so it's it's really opened up some doors for me, you know. But yeah, I, I think that it sounds to me like he Rocky has a, a similar uh, mindset, you know. It's like what's the opportunity? What can we invent here? Have you guys been doing like any virtual racing? I mean, I've been out of the loop for two years, really, literally. I haven't been competing. Yeah. And I, and I haven't been all over the world of triathlon. I've been involved in music, and it's a whole different conversation. But uh, w- what have you been inventing? What have you been reimagining?
2: You know, it's, it's interesting when, when, again, we were having these early conversations. Um, you know, smart people go on the offense, right? You look at the opportunities that land in your lap or that you create – through this strategic vision that you get mm-hmm. uh, m- many felt that they need to retrench there there are parts of what you do when you have the ball let's let's akin that to having a football in, in a football game in an arena or whatever um and you're moving down the field and you may get sacked a couple of times right and right you take a five yard loss but you always get back up right and you get to the next play the next play may be a 20 yard pass down you know on, on the um the 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 end line and and First down, you move the ball again. And the kind of the perspective that we took is that we we have to create um, some positive buzz and some feel that we're, that there's no stress, tension, or pressure um, because we haven't exactly been down this pathway before. But what we do, we looked at what race directors needed, right? They needed guidelines. They needed okay. guidelines of what they should do next because we're talking about hundreds and thousands of of dollars that are part of our industry right yes we have directors now who are going to be canceling their events and what do they do what, what's the expectation for them and we had to look at the the athletes what are the athletes do now they can't get to their pools right they can't right. get places where they normally would swim they can't lift weights like they were accustomed to right now do we, what, what do they do we created guidelines for them we created plans for them we create a communications to plan, all those, what groups, what entities that we do, deal with should review the first layer of these plans that we, that we create.
1: So the plans um, you're talking about, like, like for me, if
2: down. I we just if, broke it down, we, we knew we had to, we had to break it down for all the constituents that we deal with and make sure that we were, we were building something for them
1: and offer, offer some guidance and offer some vision for how they can cope with all this stuff and, going on.
2: And, and and cope is right and relax. You know We're going to get through this. And we're going to get through this together. You know, One of the things, and you know this having been in triathlon a long time, is we always talk about the family, the, the the unity of triathlon, right?
1: Yes, it's fabulous, yes.
2: Sports, sometimes people are telling you, go home. You don't belong here. You're not good enough. We don't need you. Um, but in triathlon, it's welcome. Come in to our family, and we'll, we'll, we'll be there with you and side-by-side and through whatever trials and tribulations you may experience,
1: totally and supportive. Kind of
2: for me, messaging. I mean, we had to have the messaging be something yeah. along those lines to make sure that we were working together on on
1: making the solutions work for all of us. Yeah, fabulous. What about talk to me for a minute about the Olympics? You know, if through your through your contacts, I was able to reach out uh, to Joe Malloy, and he's agreed to do mm-hmm. one of these with me coming up here on actually on September 11th. I'm going to interview Joe. No relation to me, by the way, folks. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> funny story. I when I was wearing my USA team kit, right, and and I had the name Malloy on it, I can't tell you how many people came up and said, "Are you? Are you? Are you Joe?" <laughs> I said, "Well, wow. I said flattered." Is for me, I'm flattered, but for Joe, it's not so much. <laughs> anyway, we'll laugh That's... about that. But tell me what's going on with the uh, with the with the Olympics?
2: Well, you know now <laughs> – what we were doing is we were observing all these things happening around us. We, as I mentioned, we were looking at what's happening at the collegiate level and the, and the professional sports level and and the Olympic level too. Uh, and it took a little while for the IOC to come to the decision that it was not in the best interest of sport at that level to, to have a 2020 Games, right? Yeah. They, they made that very, very hard decision, and I'm sure through – for a lot of sweat equity, um, we're able to come to an agreement, let's let's shift this to 2021. And let's put it on the same time frame that would have been had we had it in 2020, and hope that by then the economy and everything that we're going through is much, much better. Hmm. Um, still concern that we will not be in a good enough place. Even then, you know, when we're talking about July of 2021, right? But the shift is the same. So it's generally, it's the same schedule for what you have for for all the athletes in the events, whether it be para or not. Um, Mm -hmm. And the hope is that we'll be able to do what we need to do. We don't know if if spectators are going to be able to show up and and attend events as we once would. We don't know what's going to happen with coaches. We don't know what's going to happen with groups of people and movements within the city itself and and all those things, a lot of question marks. Now, obviously, internally, they know what's going on, but we as a body may not have enough information to really be able to say with certainty what's going to happen. And there's still talk that, um, that if we're not in a much much better place come July, um, that the decision to to completely cancel is still on the table. Um, it's not off the table at all by any means.
1: Yes, yes, it's um, it's really crazy. But do you think? Do you think? And I don't know if you want to answer this question. You don't have to if you don't want to. Do you think that 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 the, all the precautions and everything is overblown?
2: No, I wouldn't say it's overblown. I say it's it's more of a, a position of caution and awareness, and and being very keen on what's around you and the, and the things you need to do. To it's not just about protecting yourself. You know, one of the things I think people forget is that it's not all about me, right? I I may need to worry more about my family, my my mom who's 83 wow. than I do about myself and yeah. my age. Yeah. And so a lot of that is being just a little bit more aware of, of that scenario and how someone else may be worried about what I do. I'm not so much worried about what I do um, and where I'm positioned. Right. Do you think that some have taken it to an extreme case? I think there are examples where you could probably say that is, is happening. Well, you know, it's um, interesting to me. For the most part, we're all just trying to look out for each other and make certain that we don't make it worse for somebody else and have an impact on that person's life and all the people that are connected to as we go through this.
1: What I, I, There's so much more we could talk about just about that topic. I mean, I, I just think <laughs> this drives me crazy. I don't, I'm don't. i not obviously an expert on this on the disease at all in any shape, manner or form, but I, I don't understand some of the logic uh, behind it, you know, so guy, I can go to the airport right now, which I did a month ago, and I flew out to see a client of mine in Oklahoma. Right, and they allowed, and the, the governor of New Jersey allows me to get on the plane with three hundred other people and fly for four hours, but they won't allow a gym in the Jersey Shore to open up. Right, right. <laughs> I just don't under, I don't know, I just anyway, it's a whole different topic. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question about uh, depression. Have you what, what what have you have you run into any of that? Have had people reported to you that that they've been depressed or just the the, the sport itself that what you're in, engaged in? People put in so much effort to do things, and then all of a sudden, nothing.
2: The, this is this is probably the one of the bigger concerns that we as an organization have, Dan, is that the the what happens with mental health in these situations where you have a person that is accustomed to doing something as a part of a routine for decades, right? They get up and they go swimming at five in the morning with the master swim group. They come back and they recover a little bit and they go on their, their ride with their team. And then they do a run, you know, an indoor track maybe if it's in the winter or whatever the situation might be and lift weights with their friends and all. that's gone. That, that went away, right? It might come back, but, it went away for so long. And so mental health has been a a really carefully evaluated need that we have. Some people are really afraid to go down that pathway because they believe that it shows weakness, which we believe is probably the most absolute um, incorrect position that you can take with yourself and your health. What do
1: you mean? What shows weakness? What do you mean? A combination,
2: Dan, of physical and mental health working together in our sport there there are a few sports where that is so true
1: as what we do in triathlon yes that that yeah no absolutely no the depression is very real i think i i mean i i just speak for myself here regarding i didn't realize this when i when i after i retired from competition 2 years ago i, I it was a conscious decision and i went to my my wife and i said i said honey let's start a band again we we'll started the band and she said what are you crazy and i said <laughs> I said no. I'm serious. I said, "Well, we can still do it. Let's do it." So we did. We put it together, and we had two shows, and we busted our our rear ends doing it. As much time as putting into the into the triathlon, we put I devoted that to music and to putting together a band and recruiting musicians and getting a whole show and designing the show and all. And all of a sudden, it's gone. We did two shows. They were great, and boom! And I realized over, and I haven't I haven't been seeing. So I haven't been doing triathlon. I haven't been doing. Now I don't. I don't. I don't do the singing, so I realized a few weeks ago that I was depressed over the whole thing. Yeah, just depressed, bummed out, you know. So I, it, it and it, being able to observe it, I'm changing the conversation and changing uh, what I'm what I'm doing about it. I'm starting to sing more again, and um, anyway.
2: Uh, hey, hey Dan, I'll say this: that that I'm I'm pretty effervescent, right, and pretty high energy, and. And my mood is is flatline as what moods um, should be, maybe for a person um, that, that's engaged in the sport like I do this, so no one sees I'm too high or too low. But I would tell you that many of our staff also kind of went through this where the, the uncertainty, right, was depressing. We don't know when we're going to go back as a staff working together. We don't know what's going to happen with the sport. We don't know what's going to happen with our business, our livelihoods, our family. There are so many questions that we couldn't answer, but I think depression did settle in with a lot of people, and I don't think they realize it. Right.
1: That's once the point. Once. Yeah. They start drinking more, and people go back to take pills or whatever they're into. Drug addiction, from what I hear, is way up, and you look at what's going on in the cities. It's crazy out there right now. The murder rate in New York City is up 200% over last year. What? No, not m- murder rate. The shooting rate. The shooting rate. I just saw it on the news before I left. It's, you, uh, you, it's you, insane. you started
2: this discussion with a comment that I want to circle back to um at some point. Sure. Is um you, you mentioned opportunities that arise through things that we experience.
1: The breakdown. The breakdown is the opportunity we, that we've, type of thing.
2: We've seen it, that you know and, and if I can just touch on that if you're sure if you to move in that direction really quick. The opportunities that have been created through this pandemic. Yes, there have been a lot of really hard things and, and struggles and and hurdles we've had to jump over. But th- from the perspective of people now having to get outside, they can't go to the gym and they can't do the things they're accustomed to. There are probably more people walking today than ever in our history. I, I, I say interesting that just as, as you know, without the data to back it up necessarily. And maybe there's a hope that if you get out and you walk enough, right, you learn to like to walk maybe you think about what's next for me and learning how to bike, or maybe when the pools open back up, I'll I'll learn how to swim. Maybe this multi-sport thing is something that's worth looking at. The virtual, uh, you noted this too, the virtual side of what we do has really taken hold. And so we have people have never done a virtual duathlon, run, bike, run event, um, are now doing virtual duathlons in their own backyard. So, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you. That's, uh, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I, I want to comment on, on one thing you said. What, if you, you – what causes depression anyway is what you talked about, I feel, in many cases. And this I'm certain about. If you look out of your eyeballs, you wake up in the morning and you don't see a future for yourself. The future is bleak and you just don't see anything. For yourself that causes depression now I'm again I'm not a psychologist or anything but from a linguistic standpoint it's an assessment about the future that it, it, the future is bleak I don't have a future so the the, the skill I think is what we're, what you're talking about is being able to look in the look at the breakdown and reinvent something reimagine something get together with the team and invent in invent. okay this is where we're at right now we have a problem right now it's called <laughs> Everything stopped. Well, what can we put in its place? What can we invent? And so, this is my my next question. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely.
1: That's a skill. I mean, that's a skill. It sounds like you and Rocky, you're engaged in that type of of uh, what I call conversation for possibilities. You got to get together with the team, the people that you trust, and have conversations where you invent new stuff yeah. to replace the stuff that's sure. gone. You know.
2: Yeah. No, there, there, hey, Dan. There's no question. Um, we were the, the first multi-sport organization to create a, a virtual event. It actually happened before the pandemic hit. Really? And we experimented with it, right? We tried it and it was it was actually pretty pretty beneficial and pretty supportive. And, and the feedback was was actually pretty good. But now when you open an app on your phone or you look at email or you look at any type of social media, people are talking about how virtual has kept them in the game, right? Oh, nice. It's allowed them to be motivated by something. It's still allowed them to aspire to do something. People are still doing virtual races and two days. Their legs are still sore from the virtual effort, which <laughs> is here too, because it matches what we had before the pandemic hit. The virtual options we have across the board, whether it be running events or triathlons or swimming events, you name it, um, have really been... The the positive impact that the pandemic will have. If we're going to create a positive. It's going to be that people are now maybe looking at that. I can get out and walk now. I never really wanted to do it before, and I don't have to worry about um, my myself being um, in in a, in a level of stress I was before because this is my outlet now. It's a positive outlet. So for people that have done that, it's been very positive.
1: That's fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, the virtual events. How do, how how? Do, maybe you could explain because I've never done a virtual. You may be get, get me back in. I may be doing a virtual duathlon next week. So how does it work? What do you do? How, explain to me.
2: Well, certainly there are a lot of platforms where race directors have built out these um, opportunities for people to using a Fitbit or, Fitbit or a Garmin or whatever um, GPS-based system that they have. Not required. But if they so chose to be able to do that, you pick a route, right? You do the route. You come back and you upload your time. Um maybe an hour later you get on your trainer which is also um, something that that uh, that that can be measured by time and distance right same electronic GPS system um, option that you have there and you upload that time that you do on your on your trainer um, and then you have a total time right for the bike and run that you just did for those that want to manually upload that information I on my watch I go for a 10-minute run, right? I come back and I say, I don't know how far I went necessarily until I maybe map it out through this application that I found online. And I can tell you that in that 10 minutes, I went a half mile. So I can actually, maybe tomorrow, I'm going to try to go a little bit farther, a little bit faster for that half mile. And it becomes a competition within yourself. Nice. So, so many different types of virtual events that, that are out there right now. And we're, we're doing right now at USAT, is we're developing a longer-range plan for what that might look like, right? So if I'm a race director and I want to put on a virtual event, what are my options? What can I do? It can be competitive, right?
1: Okay, we sure.
2: After certain things in order for you to get it recorded and to, to be pitted against someone else in, a, in actual standings or scoreboard, or it will be participatory where I just want to do it. Just tell me what I have to do. And so it might be it's two miles over two weeks on the run, and it might be 40 miles on a bike over that same two-week period. Or it might be another option is I'm going to do um, 80 miles in 30 days for the run. And I'm going to do 400 miles on the bike in that 30-day period. All these challenges are based on what race directors want to establish that you can do. And you can do it in the confines of your home, or you can do it in your neighborhood. um, And then you can record it for, if you do the same run, you could probably record to five or six different virtual events that are out there if you so chose Oh, I
1: see what you're board. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can compete at the same time in multiple different events. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. I have to look into it. Tell you the truth, I still, even though I retired from from racing for two years, I'm getting back into it. I've been talking with some of my old triathlon buddies, and uh, you know, we've just been comparing notes. But I've I've been running, and uh, I got on the bike a few times. I'm thinking of actually getting <laughs> getting a. Uh, uh, you know what? The truth absolute truth I haven't been in a pool in a year and a half <laughs> anyway and
2: you, you and me both um, I, I I have not been in a pool maybe not a year and a half but but probably for a long time and the time I was in the pool that, that one time was probably playing a beach volleyball with my son or something crazy there like you that.
1: go right real good workout <laughs> well let me ask you a question you en- you mentioned to me before we started that you're you now have a new title what is that and what do you do
2: yeah, it's the chief sport development officer title. Um, so they've shifted me away from the, the COO title, but, but with, with the right intention, the right movements, because what I really do within USAT is sport development, right? It is based on developing sport within the organization in the areas that I uh, feel I have the, the greatest expertise and insights. So it's managing everything we do within our constituent engagement, which is our membership and clubs and data um, it's it growth and service, our customer service side of what we do. Right, it's managing our events team, so all of our owned events and non-owned events, our regional championships, our state championships. It's looking at what we do um, on on our youth event support. You know all the things we do with youth um, as it relates to events and, and opportunities. I'm um, doing with Team USA still. Looking at NCAA, collegiate club, high school, all <laughs> coaching education, or race director education, all falls within what I am what I doing. I'm getting well. dizzy.
1: I'm getting so this, dizzy this, thinking about everything. I don't
2: have a dual day. Every day is so different, Dan. I love what I do. I really do. I, I'm not bothered, irritated by 65-hour work weeks because I love it so much. And I've got a great staff. And the people I get to meet, like you and so many others, because of what I do, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's right. pretty
1: amazing. You know it is, and you get to travel all over the world doing these races and all over the country. And uh, I'll say one thing. I want to acknowledge, Tim, because I remember uh, watching you uh, at, the, at least the national championships when I see you, and you start announcing at, like, 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about endurance athletics. Uh, you know, I, I make a living talking and uh, occasionally singing, but you go... Tell me how long when you do an event and you're announcing the event, right? How long do you go when you just keep talking all day long?
2: You know, you're you're five o'clock. You're right. We're actually at the venue at at about four fifteen for the big events, right? And for the first hour of every morning, I'm, I'm out there helping our team with setup, right? And right? Moving, moving things around and loading and unloading, and then at about five thirty, when people start showing up for the transition area. I start talking right. And maybe frustratingly. So for the people that have to listen to me at five, in the morning, I'll do the soft announcements, right. With soft music and to get people in the right mindset, make sure you set up your gear, make sure you move in and out of transition. Um, well, the, the, the start waves are, are still in play. Here's what they're going to be. And that continues, as you know, because you've been to many, it continues until the races are done. Usually around middle afternoon, and yes. Then we have the or ceremony, which I'm right. talking to. Right. And
1: about. then you go there, right? Oh,
2: so <laughs> So by six o'clock at night on the first day of two days, I've essentially been talking for 12 hours.
1: It's amazing. It but it, going it on for two days. So it,
2: 24 25 hours of talking in a particular week.
1: It takes a toll. And <laughs> when you go home yes. your your wife you know your wife it. wants to talk with you. Right? But it's different, you know. It's like, listen, we did a show on February first with with my uh, with my band, right? We called the Clapton Project, and it's a it's a tribute, really, to the music, all the music of Eric Clapton. And I did like fifteen songs, thirteen songs. And that's a lot, right? But that's compared. It's harder to talk all day for twelve hours. Are you kidding me? That's that's a, that, that is that's an Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> that's an Iron Man uh, talking event. So. Uh, Anyway, listen. I think we've been on now for uh, going way more than a half an hour. Uh, I think it, I'm thrilled that I had a chance to talk with you. That you're doing well. That the organization is reinventing itself uh, as you go forward. You know, and it's um, what can you say? What can you? What do you think? Looking in your crystal ball, what's the best prognosis that you can make? Say for the next two years for all those triathletes out there people that are into Olympics and stuff like that.
2: I I would, I would say to them, um, remain patient, um, and Uh, open-minded. We are going to be living in a different world, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Our
2: our sport will change. All sports will change. And what, what I see and hear even now, people getting frustrated that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wear the mask at any point in time around the event. I'm not going to worry about physical distancing. I'm not going to do that. You know what though? if we really truly love the sport, let's give it a chance. Let's let's see what we dial up for the future for the sport. Let's be patient, open-minded, and know that it may not exactly be the same, but we're going to be able to to hold true to the ideals and the philosophies and and the love for the sport that we maybe had for a long, long time. And we're going to get pretty close to being able to do that um, over the next couple of years. And I, I feel that is true and and i i, I we'll do everything we can within our power to get back to that um that day i that think time it's
1: time. going to come back i you think we get the again. we get the uh some type of uh, uh you know what do you call uh not the the <laughs> i forgot the word but the uh the vaccine vaccine there we go thank you bill we get that the vaccine help but i don't think it's going to cure it all you know, They talked
2: about the timing of the vaccine then mm-hmm. yeah and they're, they're, you know, the, the highest risk groups are probably going to be the first to really have that opportunity. And w- what is the pecking order for everybody else? And how long does it take? And do we run out of the vaccine? Or do we have a different type of, of, of COVID situation where the vaccine doesn't help as much as they thought it would? And does that put us back more months? And the, the vaccine will get us closer. We, we have discussed that. We are hopeful that is the case. Yes, but, but we don't know. We still right. just don't. There's so this many. This is a topic. Un-
1: this Most is a topic that, for. That
2: is what's going to work for us.
1: Yeah, this is a topic for another whole big conversation, Tim. You know, this whole piece of it. But I, listen, I am, like I said, I'm thrilled that I had the opportunity to reconnect with you here. I'm thrilled that you're doing well. And, uh, you know, uh, I just want to thank everybody for being here. We're going to take a short break and I'm going to come back and, and wrap it up. And I just want to thank my good friend and buddy, uh Tim Yount for for, uh, coming here and also for hooking up Joe Malloy to to, uh, be a guest on the show uh, on the, the, you know, Malloy Power Moves podcast. Thank you, Tim, for being here, buddy.
2: Dan, you're the consummate professional. Thank you for all that you do.
1: Appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: Dan Malloy's Personal Power Blueprint is a game changer. This podcast is designed to open the door to unlimited personal power by teaching you how to communicate more effectively and to sell more. It's based on a philosophy Dan developed called the Language of Commitment. Listen and subscribe at www.malloysales.com.
1: Hey, guys. Uncle Dan back again. Hey, I want to thank everybody for being here for this wonderful discussion I had with Mr. Tim Yount. And uh, Tim is a, a first-class guy, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, friend and human being. And um, I also want to let you know that coming up in the in the very near future, uh, we have Mr. Joe Malloy, no relation to me. He spells his name M-A-L-O-Y, and Joe was on the USA Triathlon Olympic team in 2016, and I know he won a world championship uh, in a mixed. Mixed, he'll explain all that so believe me, you want to listen to Joe Malloy, very talented uh, young man. then I have another another uh, an interview with uh, really a shaker and a mover by the name of Mary della Valle. Mary happens to be the editor of Tire Review magazine and she's a wonderful first class lady and uh, uh, that's going to be very interesting in the light of what's going on out there in the world and, and news we hear about <laughs> Good year and everything else. I can't wait to talk about that. So I just want to thank everybody again. You can learn more about me. You can learn more about my company, my philosophy, the language of commitment, power sales training. Uh, I exist to help you communicate more effectively and be more powerful in your life. You can learn more at MalloySales.com. This is Uncle Dan signing out. Have a great week. Ciao.